You're listening to a message from Streams Church in Litchfield Park, Arizona. For more content, visit streamschurch.org. This past week, we started a new series here at Streams called Perspective. And uh, Josh Davis spoke last week. And and in this message uh, last week, he started off talking about how changing our perspective to take on the mind of Christ and the decisions that we make and and the things that we think about and and as we process through things, sometimes taking on the mind of Christ and saying, I'm going to change my perspective on this situation and make a decision based on the mind of Christ. And, And he asked the question, what decisions do I need to do to make, to protect my family, to positively affect their future. Because a lot of times it's easy to make an easy decision now that will negatively affect your future or their future. But if we change our perspective, take on the attitude, the, the mind of Christ, what decision can we make now that may be a harder decision, but will positively affect the future for ourselves, for our children, for those that are affected by this. And, and ultimately that we are citizens of heaven And that we should allow that perspective, that's the perspective that we should allow to govern our decisions. To to realize that this this is earth, but we are ultimately citizens of heaven. And and allow that to filter down into the decisions that we make. And as you can see, I'm... Um, so we're moving on to chapter 2 today um, of Philippians. As you can see, I'm wearing my Japan shirt, which means I'm leaving this week to go to Japan. And... So Japan is interesting. Japan has some very different customs and things that they do in comparison to what we do here in America. Uh, and, and for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be involved in some of those. And, and one of those, my least favorite, is that you're, you're not allowed to wear shoes inside. I think it's taboo. And, and so it's, it's not that big of a deal, but the problem is, so anytime you go into a building, you have to take the shoes off that you're wearing, leave them at the door, and put these slippers on. And I, that, that part's okay, but, but my issue is I have really large feet. And their slippers only come to about right here. So I'm flopping around in these little bitty slippers, trying to make it around, trying not to fall down and slip all over the place. And so for two weeks... Last year, I finally got smart and took my own slippers. Uh, but nobody wears shoes in buildings. Uh, es- I've learned that escalators and stairs have a very orderly manner to them. There's a specific side that you walk on. There's a specific, p- specific side that you stand. If it's an escalator, that you stand. And if you're in the wrong one, somebody's going to let you know. But you better be on the right side. You, you, you have to keep going or, or whatever that looks like. It's very orderly. Uh, I've learned that subways are no talking zones which is really hard for a group of 21 Americans. Everybody knows when the Americans are on the subway. Uh, but we try to, to, to calm that down and say, okay, we're, we're on a subway, let's keep our volume down, let's not, let's not draw too much attention to ourselves right now. Uh, chopsticks are a way of life. If you don't know how to eat with chopsticks, you'll lose a lot of weight. Uh, it was, it's really cute, though. One of the elementary schools we go to, they always put a fork on our plate for us because uh, they're, they're trying to be considerate of us. And, but, but you just learn how to eat with chopsticks. It's the way they do it. Recycling. Recycling in Japan is a phenomenon. So you walk into McDonald's here in America, you eat your food, you put all your stuff on the tray, you go dump it in the trash can, you're done. Well, in Japan, you go in, you eat your food, then you, walk, you put all your stuff on your tray, you walk over to the trash can, and then you have to start making decisions. The decision to take the lid off of your cup and put it in that bin. 
Put your cup in this bin. Make sure you pour your ice into the ice thing. Put your cup in. Uh, your paper goes in this one. Your straw goes in this one. Everything is broken down into segments. And there's thankfully there are pictures because I can't read Japanese. So I know where to put everything. And, and then water bottles. You have to take the labels off and the tops off. Put those in separate places. Put the water bottle on a certain place. I mean, there's this whole formula to recycling. And for two weeks, I'm like, okay, at home, I just have a brown bin and a green bin. So much easier. And uh, so, so for two weeks, I'm trying to, trying to do that. And then everywhere you go, I mean, gifts are a big thing there. It's an honoring thing to give someone a gift in, in honor of them allowing you to do something or being a part of something. And so for two weeks, I'm participating in all these cultural things. Now, the truth of the matter is, I could go to Japan and I could probably get away with not really doing any. I could probably pack a little fork in my pocket, you know, to have with me at the restaurants. I could probably get away with not taking my shoes off. I mean, I might get yelled at or something like that, but I wouldn't get deported. All of these things aren't deportation worthy. Uh, you know, I can make it through my two weeks and maybe make a few people mad or whatnot. But the truth of the matter is, for these next two weeks while we're in Japan, we are very intentional about going and serving. We're very intentional about saying we want to share the love of Christ with the people of Japan. And we're being very intentional about adhering to these customs, making sure that we're doing, even if they're tough, even if they kind of are different than what we do here in America, we're being very intentional about carrying those things out. And I could just not do it. I have the right. I have, I could just show up in Japan and do what I want and The funny thing is, two weeks later, when I get back into America, how many times do I do that? How many times here in America are there things and and there's there's places I go and things that I do because I'm not being intentional at that moment of saying, I'm here to serve, I'm here to love, I'm here to share Christ. And in that moment, I'm not very intentional about serving. And and I do things or I say things and, and I'm not intentional about it. How many times? Because let's be honest, we live in a country that has a ton of freedom. And we have some people, just like we did a few minutes ago, to think in this room for that. We live in a, in a nation that has been afforded so many rights and so many freedoms. And, and sometimes it's, it's hard because we, we look at our rights and we look at our freedoms and, and we say, I have the right to do this. And and I have the right to, to say that. And, and, sometimes, and then we start fighting certain rights with other rights. And it becomes this, this political battle of what right is better. And, and how can I, you know, and we go down that road. And, and, and all of these things happen. And today's not a political message, just so you know. But, but I'm saying this is, this is the nation we live in. And we live in a nation full of rights and full of freedoms. But, but let's break it down a little bit. Let's, let's, let's go to a day-to-day level. So we all have rights, right? Um, guys, we all have the right on a Sunday afternoon to sit back in a recliner and watch football. That's a right that we have. Okay? Tell your wife that. You just say, Alan, Pastor Alan said that, whatever. Women, you have the right to put makeup on while driving and talking on the phone. You have the right to do that. Um, the teenagers aren't in here this service, but they have the right to stay up till 6 a.m. in the morning playing Xbox and eating pizza. They have the right. They, they can do that. Um, 
Tomorrow for breakfast, you have the right to eat five cheeseburgers and two chocolate pies. It is your right. Go do it. (laughs) But herein lies the problem. As, As you can see, herein lies the problem. We try to use our rights to justify the things that we can do. We can almost always succeed in justifying. When we use our rights to justify the, the choices we make and the things we say and the things we do, I can almost always justify the things that I do and I say. Um, but I have a problem. I have a sin nature. And that sin nature is selfish and it is prideful. And that sin nature causes me sometimes to do things that are selfish and prideful. And what ends up happening is sometimes I use my rights to justify the selfish and prideful things that I do. Uh, and, and selfishness and, and pride, we, we choose to argue because we can. Because I can argue in this moment, I am going to argue. We choose to ignore someone's advice, even godly advice, because I can. I can choose to ignore it, so I am. We, we choose to be lazy because I can. I can't be lazy because I can, so I'm going to choose that. But what ends up happening when we make these choices is that relationships fail because we choose to ignore them. Um, joy is fleeting because we choose not to nurture the things that, that create joy in our life. Our testimony wanes because we choose not to live by it. And, and we make these choices and our selfish and our prideful nature causes us to make choices And sometimes we try to justify those and say, I did it because I can. And I've been struggling with this this week, this this concept. And and, and I think I really got to to, to understanding something through Philippians chapter 2 and and realizing that there are many times in my life where I try to say something's my right when, honestly, it's my privilege. And it's a lot easier for me to lay down a privilege than it is for me to lay down a right. Because I have a right to that. There is no way I'm letting go of that. But when I say, eh, really, that's, that's a privilege I have. That's a freedom I have. It's a little, sometimes it's a little easier for me to lay that down. And, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment and try to define that a little bit better. Um, but, but let's jump into Philippians 2. And, and you're going to see where I'm going with that. So Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I have it in the message up here because I went back, read the original stuff, and I just love how this kind of really brought that to life. So this is what it says. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, (laughs) if you care. So basically, if you are following Christ, He's made a difference in your life, and you're breathing, then do me a favor. And when, when, when Paul says that, I go, okay, I probably should listen. This is probably important. He is urging me in this moment. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And and this scripture, these few verses, lay a foundation for everything else that Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. He says, if God has, if, if this stuff means anything to you, please listen to me. And please do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep spirit to friends. And he says, how are you going to do this? You're going to do it by taking on the attitude of Christ. And, and so he goes into the next few verses. And in verse 6, he says this. 
speaking of Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So this is what I've been struggling with. If anybody has the right, if anybody has the right to deity, to to the very things of God, if anybody has that right, it is Jesus Christ. He is has the rights of all rights. But it's interesting to understand what he says here. He gave up his divine privileges. Jesus, who has every right to every bit of this, chose to count it a privilege to give up his divine privileges, not think of equality with God as something to cling to and come to earth as a human being. Wow. I usually read through Philippians, and Philippians is kind of a joy chap, joy book. You know, lots of joy. Lots of Paul talking about joy. But this is deep stuff. This is heavy stuff. This is Paul saying, this is literally Jesus Christ chose to give up his privileges, he calls them, not rights. He chose to call them privileges that he had every right to so that he could come to earth as a human being and die for my sins. And then what does God say? Or He says, therefore, in verse, verse 9, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's who Jesus is. But he says, I chose to give up my privileges. To surrender myself to the will of God. To come for you. Jesus had every right to come to earth. To set up a, to set up a kingdom. To take out the Roman Empire. To, to revolutionize what was going on. And, and wreak havoc. And, and bring back whatever, whatever he wanted to bring back. But he chose to say that's a privilege I have. And I'm laying it down and coming as a servant. Jesus had every right to not be born as a human in a stinky manger in the middle of a barn around some cows and pigs and sheep. But he said, I'm choosing to give up that privilege so that I can come to serve. Jesus had every right to not heal the ear of the guard that had his ear cut off because Jesus, one of his disciples, got a little overzealous and didn't want them taking Jesus away. I mean, let's be honest, in that moment, Jesus had every right to go, yeah, you kind of deserve that. We're going to let it bleed out. Have a nice day. What does Jesus do? He lays down the privileges, reaches out, and heals this man's ear and serves the very person that is about to arrest him and take him off to his crucifixion. He had every right to not go through with being nailed to a cross. You know, in the garden, he's sitting there and he's praying, he's sweating drops of blood, and he's saying, God, if there's any way you can take this cup away, if there's any way you can take this away from me, but God, not your will, not my will, but yours be done. 
Not my will. I'm going to lay down my privileges and serve. He chose to lay aside his pride, any selfishness, all of these things. He chose to lay that aside, lay his privileges aside, and not allow those to govern his choices. He chose to allow his heavenly Father to govern his choices and to take a different perspective. He chose to have a different perspective of attitude. And Paul says, that's the attitude that I want you to take on. That's the attitude that I am calling you to in order to live out this selfless life. The attitude that I'm calling you to take on is this attitude of saying, man, that's my right, but okay, God, it's my privilege. I'm going to lay it down if I have to in order to serve. I'm going to lay that down to serve. I'm going to lay that down to love. I'm going to lay that down to share who you are in my life. There's nothing wrong with privileges. There's nothing wrong with rights. There are wonderful things. But the issue comes when we choose to cling solely to our rights and our privileges. And we choose not to cling to our Maker. Because there are moments in my life where I've had to make the choice. Am I going to cling to what I'm entitled to? Am I going to cling to my privileges? Or am I going to, in this moment, cling to my Heavenly Father and let Him govern my choices? Let His attitude, let His attitude become my attitude in this moment. And when we choose to change that perspective, things happen. And Paul goes on in verse 12 to say this, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. In other words, he's saying, I know you're going to be right in the middle of a world full of crooked and perverse people that are going to be coming against your rights, your privileges, but I am calling you to shine like lights. I am calling you to serve. I am calling you to love in the midst of that. So that people can look at you and they have no argument to say against you. They have nothing bad to say about you because they can't find anything because you've chosen to lay down those privileges and serve and to love. Verse 16 says, Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. (laughs) But I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Woo! Joy! You just died, Paul. Woo! And I, yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. I mean, get this picture. Paul is saying, even if I have to be killed, I count that as joy because I am laying down my right to life. I am laying down my privileges of life because I have come to serve. And in that, I want you to, I want you to be joyful. I, I want you to praise God in the midst of that. 
this is this is who's writing this look this is what he's this is the person that's asking us take on the attitude of Christ that even if i have to die lay everything down i want to count it as joy and i get upset if the signal on my tv goes out during my favorite show so i'll wrap aluminum foil around the bunny ears so that i'll get a better signal you know, I mean, this is, this is, this is my dilemma. And, and there's so many things I look at and I get upset about sometimes the, the smallest of things and, and feel like I have a right and a privilege to that. And, and Paul's saying, to the very death, I will lay it down if it means serving my master, if it means serving the people he's called me to serve. And I think ultimately in my life and all of our lives, sometimes things change when we choose to take on the attitude of Christ. I think that I'm a little slower to argue my point. If I have a point to make, I'm a little slower and a little more hesitant to try to argue and make that point if I take on the attitude of Christ. I think I'm a little faster to seek reconciliation, to reach out and to serve and to take on a different perspective. I think I'm a little more involved in the lives of others, even ones that I disagree with. I truly believe that in that moment, when this guy got his ear cut off, I'm pretty sure Jesus disagreed with that guy. Pretty sure that Jesus wasn't going, yeah, yeah, go ahead, take me off, I'm I'm ready. This This is good. I think everything you stand for is right. But I think in that moment, he chose to engage this guy and serve him because he laid down his privileges, his rights. He chose to engage this guy that he disagreed with and bring healing to his life. I think I'm quicker to listen and hear what people have to say. I think I'm quicker to love people. I think I'm more likely to serve, to look at someone and say, how can I serve you? How can I assist you? How can I be a part of your life? How can I lay down my needs and all of my wants and be selfless in this moment and serve you? I think my wife and my kids get more of my attention because my privileges and my rights don't stand in the way of me saying, okay, in this moment I want to serve you. I think the people that I disagree with Get a little more civil respect because I choose to say, I'm going to lay down my privileges because I want to serve you. I want to bring the kingdom of God to you. And what's interesting is Paul talks about himself, he talks about Jesus, but he doesn't stop there. And he goes on, he closes out this chapter. And this is where it gets really good, I think, for us. There's two guys. Epaphroditus and Timothy. At the end of this chapter, he says, Hey, Philippian church, I'm going to be sending these guys to you. Now, you've got to remember, I'm a visual guy. I like to try to break this stuff down. And I think of Tim and Epaphro- Timothy and Epaphroditus as, as really good friends of Paul that have kind of hung out with him. Maybe they've visited him in the jail cell. Maybe they've talked with him. And, and I just kind of envision um, Paul calling one of them Epap and one of them Tim. You know, and he's like, Hey guys, I'm sending Tim and Epap over. And I know these guys. I know them really well. And then this is what he says about them. This is what he says about Timothy. He is loyal. He's genuinely concerned for you. 
Most people around here are looking out for themselves with little concern for the things of Jesus. But you know yourselves that Timothy's the real thing. And he says of Epaphroditus, people like him deserve the best that you can give. So this is my takeaway from that. Is in that moment, Paul's just laid out and said, here's the attitude of Christ that I want you to take on and this is what it looks like. Here's two guys that have literally embodied these principles. And I'm sending them to you. And this is my prayer. This is my hope. That there is one day that somebody will say those same things of me. That I will be talked about just like Tim and Epap got talked about. That I will have a friend somewhere that says, Alan embodies these very principles. These very things. This very attitude of Christ. He embodies this. That's, that's my heart's cry. That's what I want. And so I look at this and, and I look at this relationship between Paul and, and Timothy and Epaphroditus and the Philippian church and I say, that's what I want to get to. That, that's something to strive for. That's something to live for. That is something to want. So I ask the question, what will I do in my life starting this week, starting this month, this year, and in the coming years? To take on the attitude of Christ in certain moments go, I could cling to that, that right, that privilege. But, but Jesus chose not to. The right above all rights, the, the great, he, he chose not to. He chose not to cling to that. In this moment, I'm going to choose not to cling to, to that right, that privilege I have. I'm going to choose to serve. I'm going to choose to take on the attitude of Jesus. Because our freedoms and our rights, our privileges, are not always guaranteed. But God is. I was just talking this past week to Aaron Rimming, who's down in Guatemala, and he was telling me about our email. And... They, they provide assistance to, obviously, families that are very impoverished. But because of that, what happens is families that receive aid get jealous of... The other families get jealous of them. And so there are death threats on these families, and there are actually families that have lost people and have been killed because of jealousy over this aid that's being given. And there's nothing that anybody does about it. There, there's nothing in place, no law in place to really take care of these things. And I think about the fact that we live in a nation that is so full of freedom. There was a, a great lady one time by the name of Eleanor Roosevelt that said, ultimately, with great freedom comes great responsibility. And I think if you can marry <laughs> what Paul was saying in Philippians with what Eleanor Roosevelt said, we have a huge responsibility because of the freedoms that we've been afforded. To not just cling to our rights and our privileges, but to cling to a Heavenly Father that loves us and loves the people around us and wants to see His will done here on earth. And we have a responsibility to serve. We have a responsibility to go out into a crooked and perverse world and shine like bright lights, clinging 
to the hand of God. And taking on the attitude of Christ that says, I'm going to relinquish my privileges so that I can serve. So that they don't become the sole thing that governs my choices, but that God becomes the sole thing that governs my choices. And I was reading about the Acts Church this week, and it's really bad timing to read about this scripture and then read about the Acts Church. (sighs) Because you see things meld together. And you read about disciples and, and the people in the early church. It says they sold everything so that they could give to others so that no one would be in need. I mean, my house is my house. I have a right to my house. That's my privilege. But I look at people in the early church that literally would give up houses and, and property and land so that no one would be in need. And I look at that and I go, man, that sounds really utopian. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? But I think if we can marry that with what Paul says here and realize that we live in a crooked and perverse world, When all of these worlds collide, something happens. Something beautiful happens. Something real happens. Something that only God can orchestrate happens. And we choose to empty ourselves and serve and love. So this morning, my question is, and the very question that I've been wrestling with this week as I've been preparing this is, what are the privileges What are the rights that you and I are clinging to on a day-to-day basis that we're holding on to tightly and we're not letting it go? And God's saying, would you come clean to me? And if you have to lay that down for the cause of Christ, will you be willing? If you have to lay that down and cling to me so that my love is shared, will you do that? Will you cling to me in that moment? And so what is that thing in my life? What is that thing in your life? As the worship team comes, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And God, we ask you this morning, reveal in our hearts, in very much the same way you revealed in Jesus' heart, And you made so real to him that there are privileges that he had to set aside so that he could come and serve and love and redeem. So Father, in my life, in our lives, what are the things that we're clinging to that we're not willing to set aside? And God, help me today to cling to you Help me today to let you govern my choices. Help me today to have your attitude, the attitude of Christ, the perspective of Christ. And in those moments, I will see it through your eyes. So Father, help me do that today. This has been a presentation of Streams Church in Litchfield Park, Arizona. Visit StreamsChurch.org for service times, general information, and more.